Welcome to If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me, also known as The Funny Syphilis. This is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. And this week's episode is Season 2, Episode 12, Bad Eggs. We're going to be talking about plot. We're going to be talking about characters. We're going to be talking about egg babies. So spoilers about it for this episode, and any episode before, after it, the comic books, and possibly other shows or movies. Listen to our podcast, so that way we don't have to corral a bezoar into doing some neural clamping and making you listen to it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying so hard. Hello, we're back. Hi, everyone. Stacia, say hello. What came first, the mama bees or demon or the tiny demon eggs? Okay. Daniel, say hello. Happy 2018. Happy 2018. We haven't hung out since December 8th. It's been such a long time. Do you know? <laughs> You're so pleased with yourself about the eggs. <laughs> Been so long. No one oh. reacted. I need new co-hosts. <laughs> we can't. We the non-reaction is the best reaction. This week is Bad Eggs, written by Marty Noxon. It is bad. Who's done quite a few episodes this season. And it wasn't written by Marty Noxon. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> right? Directed by David Greenwald, who's done a couple episodes of Buffy this season. I'm um, going to back off pretty soon here and then go to Angel, obviously. 2018 is going to be great. I know, I'm so excited for it. Know what we should do, though, to get ourselves in the mood is uh, how, let's figure out what's going on this week in 1998 for the first time and get our robot crew out here for the first time in the new year. Thank you, Kelly, Stacia, Domino. There is so much news as 1997 turns into 1998. Let's get rolling. Royston, darling. It's news time. We've had a talk, if you will, during the break. Royston, you're feeling much better now, aren't you? Yes, Karen. Yes, I am. Just like Astana, where the new capital of Kazakhstan is now located. Just like the Kyoto Protocol adopted by the UN. So much going on. Demonstrations against the WTO and IMF begin in Australia. An episode of Pokemon in Japan give hundreds of children seizures. The Actil Massacre takes place in small village in Chiapas by Mexican paramilitary forces. Willatov Relizane massacres in Algeria leave 400 dead. More Swedes died than were born in 1997, the first time since 1809. Woody Allen, child molester, wed Sunil Previn, the adopted daughter of Mia Farrow. Chris Farley is dead Sonny Bono is dead. On the 1st of January, 1998. All California bars, clubs and card rooms must be smoke free. And the current US population is 268,921,733. Lucius, let's talk end of the year tech. Thanks Karen. And the top of the new year to you. Microsoft acquires Hotmail at the close of 1997. The world stifles its laughter. The first paywall goes up around the Wall Street Journal. Makes sense. Microsoft announces Windows 8. Shit, I mean, 98. Oh my. I'm sorry to everyone out there for being so careless and speaking of the operating system that shall not be named. CDRW drives are introduced. As is HTML 4.0 by the World Wide Web Consortium. I go to tennis with those guys every other Sunday. Karen. I find it difficult to keep up with them. Patty, end of the year culture please. Girl, what the hell is up? Music is often slow at the beginning of the year, go see a movie instead. So many to choose from, Scream 2, Amistad, Home Alone 3, well, skip that one, Tomorrow Never Dies, As Good As It Gets and Jackie Brown. There's also an indie darling of little note called Titanic. It's called Titanic because of the size of its dreams. Or if you're saddled with munchkins, take them to Mr. Magoo and bring a flask. We don't always talk books but a few big ones came out this year. Cold Mountain by Charles Frazier won the National Book Award and is being adapted into a movie, I wonder if it'll be good. The God of Small Things by Arundhati Roy won the Man Booker, in 2017, she published her second novel. Also released, Guns, Germs and Steel by Jared Diamond, Mason and Dixon by Thomas Pinchon, American Pastoral by Philip Roth. The Diving Bell and the Butterfly by Jean Dominique Bobby, Memoirs of a Geisha by Arthur Golden. Time Quake by Kurt Vonnegut, The Subtle Knife by Philip Pullman, and finally, One I Thought Has Been Out Forever, Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Albom. There's too much to note 1998 is calling, Karen, let's go. 
I'm sorry 1997 is ending Patty. I feel we've grown so much there, reminiscing for a Buffy podcast while being thoroughly outside of time and space. None of this means anything to us. And while none of you mean anything to me, that sentiment alone gives meaning to our existence. Kelly, Stacia, Darnell, let's go confidently to 1998. Thanks, robots! 2018 robots. 2018 robots. Coming coming in clutch. It is crazy that we have not left 1997 and we've done... So many episodes. You know, a season and a half of TV, and it's all been in one year. That's pretty impressive, gotta say. It's true. And now in 1998... Let's talk about bad eggs. What happened in this episode? Does anyone know? I can tell you. So, your egg isn't acting odd or anything. It isn't acting anything. It's an egg, Buffy. It doesn't emote. So the first very most important thing that happens in this episode is we meet a vampire by the name of Gorch. I believe it's Lyle, the first one we meet there. Uh, It's super duper important to the rest of the plot, which is actually about a giant thing called a bezoar that's a hive mind creature that sends little creatures out via harmless looking eggs unfortunately for our intrepid heroes they're doing a school project wherein they have to take care of baby eggs and the mother beesaur uses this to do something via neural clamping which is take control of everybody at the school including giles poor giles uh the enslaved uh, people host bodies for these beesaurs Need to aimlessly, it seems, crack open the ground. I don't really know the motives. We never really find out the motives of the mother bezoar. Uh, but Buffy saves the day by jumping into a pit where the bezoar is. Oh, don't forget about the very important, totally matters to the rest of the plot. Gorge brothers, Lyle and Tector, they are also there in the basement for no reason. Buffy bests them. One of them goes in the pit and dies. Buffy goes in that same pit and kills the bezoar, and then everyone's fine. Pretends a gas leak. Well, she went into the bezoar. Kind of a cutting sure. herself out from within situation. But then why couldn't Tector slash Lyle do that? I don't know. Which what she did was fight she, off screen to save money. She went That's in what they did. With a hatchet, <laughs> and he did not. Mm. So the bees were just ate him. Gotcha. And then Buffy cut her way out. Oh my god, you were watching that. I watched that scene very differently, which is how is Buffy fun? Like that episode or the movie Guardians of the Galaxy That's at right. the very beginning. Right, right. That's cutting basically what Drax. Buffy did. Yeah, yeah Drax. So yeah. Um, there's two episodes here, basically. There's an episode about the Gorges that takes five minutes and an episode about Bezoars, and neither of them are good. Okay, you know what? I don't know why you're going to hate on Buffy finally doing something. We complain about Buffy not doing at all, which is foreshadowing anything. They're easing us in the idea of the Gorges in this episode. <laughs> so they can come back for one glorious moment in <laughs> What's homecoming. a Gorge? I don't know what that is. <laughs> the two cowboy vampires. They were terrible. I love them. I think oh. they're so fun. You know what makes know. me like scared Speaking is that... Speaking of someone from the Wild West. That's right. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. We're not I'm going to let ha- you finish. We're not going to have this conversation again about Oregon not being in the West. No. Not in the West. We're not doing that. Yeah. And also, California, right? Where are these people from? They said Texas, right? Yeah. So this is Bizarro World Spike. They addition- When they auditioned James Marsters, they thought maybe he would... Spike would have a, a Texan accent. So I'm like, this could have been us. No, these no. guys. So let's be grateful for that. I think Spike could have pulled it off. It would have been a different show, I feel like. Way different show. <laughs> People probably was... wouldn't have the goodwill towards him. Yeah. Well, like, he was also going to be killed off. So if it was like, yeah. he was a whatever, one no character. But I, I actually, I have a fondness for the Gorgeous too. I just can't believe the A and B plot of this episode are just like so disconnected and didn't need to happen. I can believe it. Can you? Yeah. <laughs> Some of these episodes this year have been the I mean, worst ever. Was the Gorches even the B plot? I feel like they weren't a plot. Yeah, that seemed They're almost completely gone. They're would, just there. I would argue that Buffy and Joyce were the B plot in this episode. Do you want to talk a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, let's let's dive into that. What I happened think. with Buffy and Joyce? Yeah, what's up with Buffy and Joyce? So Joyce. Twenty eighteen Joyce. What's the matter? Your egg keep you up all night. So I came up with a theory while watching this episode for like the sixth time in my life, which is Joyce. Treats Buffy poorly because Joyce just sees a younger version of herself, who was an irresponsible, boy-obsessed teenager. I buy that. So that's basically my whole theory about this episode, because uh, Joyce, like, implies, like, oh, are you upset? Is it about a boy when they're at the mall? Like, why aren't you thinking about important things, Buffy? You're just thinking about boys. Honestly, don't you ever think about anything besides boys and clothes? Saving the world from vampires? I swear, sometimes I don't know what goes on in your head. And then Buffy says something like, I'm a single mother when she's assigned her egg alone. I'm doomed to lead my mom's life. And I was like, I think that's Joyce's 
greatest fear is that Buffy is going to grow up to be her because I don't think Joyce thinks her life turned out super great. Like, she yeah. got married to this sweetheart from high school. She gets a divorce. Now she's a single mom living in a town she doesn't want to be in, not dating anyone with a daughter who doesn't listen to her. Working at a gallery. Right. Yeah. Working That's at a gallery. The <laughs> I'm like, Joyce, your life is fine. You do well enough that you own a home in Southern California. I feel like you're okay. Yeah, but over a hell mouth. True. I mean, how much is the real estate in Sunnydale? <laughs> Didn't they even say a throwaway line in one episode, something about that? Mm, yeah, probably. Yeah, but so at the end when Joyce is talking to Giles, she was like, actually, I do want to say burden. She's like, I don't want to say children are burdens, oh, but like, yeah, that's right. actually, Ooh. I do want to say burden. Giles is like, I guess you can. And she said, they're just so irresponsible. And all I could think about, like watching this again, is the episode of Band Candy when we see her as a teenager with Giles. And what does she do? She steals stuff and has sex on a police car hood. Yeah. Like, that is what she thinks Buffy is doing, even though that's not at all what Buffy's doing. But that's the only thing she can conceive of, because that's what... She, she was doing when she was Buffy's age, which I think is why she has no faith in Buffy. S-E-X. Sex. It's because she was yeah. like, I was a terrible person, and I still haven't gotten my life together. It's true. She has a very small imagination for what people can and cannot do. She can't see Yeah, but so it felt like every knows. single time in this episode she was saying something to Buffy, she was basically just talking to herself. Like, she doesn't see Buffy as a yeah. human. I think that's true. Yeah. I buy that. It doesn't make choice... Uh, real I quick. don't think it makes, it makes her it, better. Yeah, it doesn't make her. It doesn't make her worse though. It makes you understand her a bit more. Yeah, because that's the first time I had that moment where I was like, "Oh my god, Joyce just sees Buffy as a younger version of herself." And that's why she takes out all that shit on her that just Buffy mm-hmm. doesn't deserve, and she doesn't do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the whole beginning, just no like you're a streetwalker. But she's I'm like, I know I lied to my mom. <laughs> I wasn't telling my mom I was having sex on the hood of a police car when I was sixteen, but that's what I was doing, right? Like. So why should I trust my daughter? She's doing the same things, and I know she's getting in trouble, and she is staying out late, and there's no other reason. She did burn down a. She did burn down a school, yeah. and they had to move, and yeah. Oh, so maybe. Just, and I'm sure Joyce blames Buffy for how for all her, her life ended up too. Probably. Like if she was really honest with herself, she'd be like, "This is mostly your fault because my life was fine, and we probably wouldn't have even got divorced if you hadn't been such a terrible kid." Maybe. Which yeah. Hank says in nightmares, but obviously that's supposed to be like her worst, her nightmare. nightmare. Yeah. So. But I think Joyce has a little bit in it. I think yeah. she resents Buffy just a little bit for just existing. a little bit. Yeah, I think that's honest, though. I, I'm sure most parents do deep just down a somewhere. Bit. Oh yeah. yeah, my life would have been different mm-hmm. without this. Like if I didn't plan it, all that kind of stuff. If yeah. you planned it and you did all the steps you thought you wanted to do, um, maybe that doesn't really exist. But if like if it wasn't supposed to happen then or whatever, I'm sure there's a piece of you always that's like. Mm. But the biggest thing to remember, all parents, is we didn't ask to be born. Sure. That's why you can't take it out on your kids. Yeah. Or perhaps it's the burden of parenthood. Notice how seriously you two have taken this egg thing. Well, I, in turn, have, uh, well, chosen a more balanced approach. They but, didn't make that choice. I mean, also, I think it was in Prophecy Girl or whatever when Buffy's, like, looking through the photos and she's like, I'm gonna die. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't tell her mom that. And her mom's like, yeah, you have your whole life ahead of you. Like, I remember that feeling. Yeah. Like, Before my life you is came over. Along. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's right. She did say that. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> say that to Giles in the confidence of another adult. Don't say that to your kid. No. That's that's majorly Joyce's biggest problem so far this season is saying things like that to Buffy. Yeah. Straight up to Buffy. Mm-hmm. This episode, that's all on theme for this episode, which is about, you know. Bad moms. Yeah. Teen pregnancy. <laughs> well, it's Bad about moms. sex. Yeah, sex. Yeah, it's about sex. All about sex. S-E-X. Sex. A couple of firsts real quick, other than Lyle and Tector Gorge, which, again, we'll get one of the two. I can't ever keep them straight. Oh, Tector's the one that dies. Got it. Tector's the one We'll see dies. Lyle again in Homecoming. Cool. Um, cool. We find out for the first time that vampires are sterile, officially, yeah, because of that conversation true. they have. But yeah. go figure, the irony of Angel being the one to relay that information and then being the only male vampire to father a child with Darla later. So, with another vampire, Ugh, nonetheless. the worst. Oh my god, forgot about it. Okay. Yep. Wasn't yeah. Darla a human when that happened, though? My, she might have been. I know she is a human when she's brought back originally by Wolfram and Hart, but then Drusilla comes and turns her into a vampire, which is amazing. That's a fun episode. Ah. And Willow is Jewish. That's the first time we, like, I know that because I've watched the show before, but this is the first time it's implicitly, like, mentioned, or explicitly mentioned. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the whole sex leads to responsibility thing, which I personally don't get. You gotta take care of the egg. It's a baby. You gotta keep it safe and teach it Christian values. My egg is Jewish. Then teach it that dreidel song. Anyways, I all I came to talk about today was sex. S E X. 
sex. That, I mean, that's what the episode's about. That's Isn't that, that uh, what we come for every week? That's what we come <laughs> for. Oh. That's what you said. I did. I'm just repeating it more sexually. Oh, man. So right off the bat, I mean, they lay it on thick with Xander and Cordelia. They're spatting it's across the room. It's a rough scene. Yeah, Xander, A, doesn't know how to do rhetorical questions right, so we should all note that. Um, Willow is really fucking uncomfortable about the whole thing. Cordelia sees sex in and out of a car as different. They are not. Uh, Xander bringing up the heartbreak of halitosis and lamenting that girls may seem spiffy, but ignores her flossing and something about the bloom of the rose. Do you guys know bloom off a rose? Just saying that. Do you know what like, he said? I, don't I think know. it's just like an is analogy it a virginity for virginity thing. Okay. Oh, is it? Yeah, that makes sense. I have no idea. Well, Cordelia, we find out that she's not a virgin because of that car line, theoretically, which is she's the first implied. one in the group. Yeah, that it's yeah. implied that she's not a virgin because she was like, yeah. it happened to my friend, not me, my friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> she also lambasts Cordelia, the Hoover technique. Awkward. As Xander wallows in having to listen to, as he calls it, her vapid chit chat quote. Or vapid chit chat, just so you can get some touch. Yep. So yeah. there's a lot of weird things, and then Willow answers the only right answer pregnancy? is pregnancy. <laughs> I just I thought it was so funny because in hindsight, this scene mirrors that scene in Mean Girls so well. When he's like, "Don't have sex. Oh, yeah. Don't have sex standing up. Don't have sex in the missionary <laughs> possession. Don't do it. You'll have sex it. and die." <laughs> <laughs> All right, chlamydia. K L A. Commit these to memory. Yes, mm-hmm. never forget. But then, at the end of it all, Willow wanted to, to be baby mama to Daddy Xander. She she was going for for Xander. Yeah. And Xander was like, nope, I'm going for Cordelia. Cordelia was like, nope, I'm and going then, for Rando. Yep, they both went for Rando. Great. It was yeah. great. I, I appreciated that. And Buffy has to be a single mom, just like her mom. Just like her mom. Life repeats itself. Oh, man. I mean, she's probably not going to be a mom. Let's be real. I can't take care of things. I killed my gigapet. Literally, I sat on it and it broke. And the scene at the beginning with him in the closet, too, is just like oh, yeah. really mean. Well, like, that gets me to like kissing in general. Everyone's just kissing with their lips. No <laughs> one's slipping a tongue. No one's trying to make out. Not it's a really. stage kiss, my friend. I know. But we don't they, do that anymore, too. I know, but they're doing that like a lot. It's just yeah. like kiss and then pull away the kiss. It's like, no, people don't really do that. It's like you're going to commit to like making out in a closet. You're going to make out. Right? Yeah. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm old school. I don't know what that even means. One thing we didn't bring up, though, closet with Joyce. Etiquette. Yeah, exactly. If you bring a girl into a closet, <laughs> you, you better be willing to make out with the her. Tongue. With That's, tongue. With tongue. S-E-X. Sex. I wrote when Joyce asked Buffy, bringing up sort of sex and back to Joyce with parenting, she said, uh, how's parenting going when talking about the egg? Mm. And I said, it's like a beggar asking for tips. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And then Buffy feels funky. And Joyce, as a, again, bad mom, touches her head for one second. Says, you feel fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. Not well, a we're not going to discuss this any further. Yeah, not a thing. And Xander, I'll, I'll give him credit. Boiled his egg. Sure did. Good call. Now, we've talked a lot about the Twinkie episode. Yes. With Inca Mummy Girl. That was a red herring. He had it in a package. Right, we should right. all just like live with it, even though in the moment it's like really horrifying. Who's Let's be real though; it doesn't matter if the Twinkie episode did exist. This is worse. This kid hard boiled an egg days ago, and he just thought, "I'm gonna pop this out now instead of grabbing a Snickers." Yeah, I literally just ate something. Day. Doesn't okay. matter, man. You have an egg just sitting in your backpack, and you think, "I'm not protecting it. I'm not doing anything about it. I'm just gonna pull it out, crack it open on the concrete." And eat it. Yep. It seems like a standard thing to do. Yeah. That's worse than the Twinkie, in my opinion. Yeah, That's because terrible. like that, that is just loose rolling around in a backpack, right? Like, but it has its own natural covering. Yes, but even hard boiled, like shit's gonna, it's gonna hit oh, your yeah. binder, it's gonna hit something in your backpack, and it's gonna crack enough to like have mm. shit rolled all over it. Yeah. I feel like. Oh, no doubt. It's gross. You boiled your young? Yeah, I know it sounds cruel, but sometimes you got to be cruel to be kind. I mean, you can bet that little Xander here is thick skin now. Not to mention, yeah, no self-control. You it's boiled the egg because you wanted to win the project, right? And then you just sabotage yourself immediately, like, fuck it, I'm just going to eat this. But also, to his credit, the teacher didn't seem to keep any real track or marking of any kind to make that egg. You can bring in any egg. Bring any egg. Well, and that gets us, I think, to the biggest problem with the episode is the disjointed thing where it makes no sense. So the teacher, we do see him by the hole in the basement, 
which why are people going down there? Why did the janitor go? Again, we all saw nightmares. Don't go down there. That place should be quarantined off forever. Baseball. When you lose, it's bad. But anyways, we see the teacher there. He's not doing anything to like actually mark these kids as good or bad because he, in theory, is at what working with the monster I to like get the spawn out. We never see him again. Well, assume I assume for a second he was yeah. already attacked. That's what I would And think then too. just doing. And then the doing what the thing. Okay. And he's like, okay, I'll hand out your babies. Yes. At okay. The school project. That's always what I assumed happened. Yeah, that's what I had to. But for a moment, I was like. So it's a little unclear. He would maybe have more information. That's the problem. Like, Isn't there a throwaway line where it's like he hasn't been back to class in a little while? I feel like... Someone was missing, mm, okay. and then they were like, well, where is he? And Becky was yeah. like, should I go look? Uh, so yeah, then what we're assuming is that this was an, innocence pro- an innocent project. I think it might be Egg Ex Machina. I think that they, the, the it was going to be Egg Week anyway. Yeah, yeah. And then the bees were always like, I've been in this basement for 200 years for this exact moment. <laughs> well, no, I think that that's still weird, too, because they're basically mass and it's like an industry of eggs. They're just mm-hmm. like egging it out that look conveniently like eggs you would buy at the supermarket, yes, of course. Right. But then we're assuming that the egg project from the teacher was innocent, like the the normal one you would get. But then the eggs were tainted. But how were the eggs tent- tainted? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, what so what's I, the correlation it, no, I between think the teacher was the teacher the got a xenomorph came before the egg. Yeah, I feel like. And so has he been that forever? It's the same thing with the praying mantis. Has it been forever or just? But then how recently? Because then if the bezoar thing is down in the basement, how did it ever get out? How did it ever? produce one egg to then you know spawn and get all the rest of them in theory it's been down there what forever or it's come out of the hellmouth or whatever did lyle did the what gorge brothers gorge gorge brothers have something to do with it i I mean i think we're thinking about this too hard but it seems like the answer is we are absolutely the eggs once they hatch can exist themselves like we've seen we saw a couple of them just running around they, they, yeah. they don't need immediately need to find a host so i assume an egg hatched in the basement found the science teacher and then the science teacher went down to the basement and got the rest of the eggs and brought yeah. them up and was right. like so. bezor how does it create eggs does it have sex oh, it's like asexual or whatever so then the why right didn't term? it produce an egg if in theory if it's been there forever why didn't it do it before why now yeah, Maybe I the Hellmouth, I think, is still a no reason idea. to be this, okay. Like, this is the worst thought out. There's a lot of bad monsters in this in this show, but like this is a really bad one because there well, doesn't seem to be any motivation. The, isn't no. that the answer for all of the bad guys? Like, why the praying mantis lady? Why now? Why did she come in that episode? But she has a motive. She wants to yeah. find young kids to make Well, it. I think it seems like That's the Bezoar's motive was to be free, maybe. But free? How? It doesn't really have were a body unearthing. of any kind, do, right? Do we know that, though? I don't know. We just kind of saw its face. Yeah, I guess theoretically it could well, be. Well, that's the problem with the, the episode. That's yeah. like that goes back to like no one really cares and yada yada all yeah. of this yada yada everything. Please don't have a podcast where you talk about this. <laughs> I mean, I think it's the, all garbage, and that's what makes the episode the terrible. Point, it's garbage. No, I think the point is like her motivation is irrelevant because like I don't know what so you I, see happening is enough to understand what's going on. But my but then when the spell is broken, which again is kind of ridiculous. When the spell is broken, everybody just believes it's a gas leak. Like, hey, everybody, let's just get out of here. No one's like, what? It, what? I was just weirdly chiseling the ground mm-hmm. a moment ago. What? Gas leak, right. That doesn't matter. <laughs> Literally doesn't matter. We just walk away from this yep. and pretend like it never happened. And that is the mark of a terrible fucking Buffy episode. And this is one of the kings. <laughs> one of the I, best, of worst the, episodes of Buffy. Of all the bad episodes, this one might be my favorite. Can I just say... Yeah. I see her again and raise you again. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think the gorges are fun, yeah, even though they have nothing to do with the rest of the episode. And it seems really harmless. Like, it's not actively awful other than Xander being, you know, a jerk. I just think it's fun. It's bad, but, like, I have no expectations for the episode, whereas there are other bad episodes that I'm just like, I want this to be over. Like, Ted is actively uncomfortable to watch. I don't like his face. I don't like him saying little lady. <laughs> I don't like it. Do you want me to slap that smart-ass mouth of yours? Who's up for dessert? I made chocolate chip cookies. Not into it. Don't want to watch it. Bad eggs. There's nothing that offends me. It's not a good episode, but it's just like, yeah. like episode. bad. Like, um. I think when you explain nothing, candy. when you never explain anything, you're right. Inoffensive is probably the best way because we are building way more than they, we thought more about this episode than Marty Noxon did to write this oh, episode. Oh, absolutely. We, we thought the, more about it. The Wikipedia entry about the Mother Bezoar is 
as long as the line that Giles reads out of the book. Mm-hmm. That's just like... And that's all you have, yeah. Also, I like the fact that they named the monster Beezor, but a Beezor is a real thing, which mm-hmm. is a hairball in your stomach. Yep. Whoa. So. We can't fight these things till we know something about them. All right, Willow said something, a name. What was it? A bozo. Not a bozo. A bazaar. That's it. Okay. So now we look it up? In what? A book? Weird. It's kind of what I imagine it is underground. A giant, undulating giant hair demonic hairball. But anytime you have someone fighting egg babies. Yes. Oh god. Yeah, exact the eggs that they bought at the Safeway down the road. Yeah. Anytime you have a your hero fighting off screen, you know it's a bad episode. Yep. And this was only made to save money. That's all it was. Yeah, oh, twenty two yeah. episode contract. They had nothing. That was probably some weird little pink flesh that they like zoomed in on. Mm-hmm. It was probably the size of, you know, your hand. And it's just pulsing like a weird little thing. I mean, it's terrible. This was a filler episode if ever there were a filler but episode. But they did have to make so many extras. <sighs> Why can't you guys take a yoke? <laughs> oh. A hobby of mine. Uh, but having nothing to do with Buffy in any way. <laughs> did they drop any eggs? Like uh, after um, after Buffy obviously does smush one and it's like black in... and purple inside. Oh, okay, okay. Have, like a toolbox. Xander oh, also yeah. punched Cordelia. It sure did. It's amazing. <laughs> so sure funny. Did. That the only redeeming thing um of that entire sequence, the only time I was actually moved at all was when Buffy originally walked down there and it was just kind of a weird scene. And then Willow looked up and said, Kill kill her. Yeah. I was like, like Oh no emotion. This so is yeah cool and, and was immediately it. it was over yeah <laughs> it's worth noting though yeah. there are little tiny pockets of moments of uh okay there was one pocket of moment of redemption <laughs> in a 40 minute episode Whatever. and that was literally this episode is fun second. this episode is fun these are worse yeah oh you've got hive minds, right yeah and that's what i was going to talk about today but you know what hive minds aren't real other than if you want to say like ant colonies uh bee colonies the tree the tree, the aspen tree, one of many. Oh, yeah. And many of one. Sure. Same mm. thing. Like, okay, I kind of think mostly it occurs in science fiction, though. Did they say that it was a hive mind? That probably is the definition of the bees. I did was not listening. Yeah. So it's, it's the okay. central entity. Okay. And, and it, yeah, that's why it has a little. It didn't really show. go to showing that at all. No. Should I be whispering? No. But that's what it is. Okay. Because okay. the, the central person is controlling, or central entity is controlling all those people to do the same thing. So. Uh, there's lots in science fiction because it doesn't occur super often in uh, in nature. Like the Borg in Star Trek is a big obvious example. Unity and Rick and Morty, the Geth, the Reapers, and the Collectors in Mass Effect. There's a lot oh, yeah. of a uh, lot of hive minds in science fiction. A lot in science fiction uh, writing. And this is one of the best. Too. The best. It's up there. Yeah, it's up I mean, there that, I think it might be the best. Cannot yeah. mention hive minds in science fiction without saying it. This and not think bad eggs. Hello. Hello. I would not say anything about hive minds because the show doesn't show anything yeah. like that. Like we don't have any of the babies come in to like Neural clamping. do Ooh, something. Another, Neural clamping. another good example I think of a hive mind are the aliens from Pacific Rim. Yeah, it's just like an interconnected consciousness where everyone has the same goal. The Geth are like a really good example of that in Mass Effect because they just like are one, like they are legion. That's why the one is named legion. Anyway, look, eggs, right? Specifically the egg baby. You project. can buy eggs at Trader Joe's. Sure can, but. I didn't even know how eggs happen. I don't know how chickens happen, so I look at chicken sex. S-E-X. Sex. Do you know chickens don't have penises? They just have weird holes that they shoot sperm out of? Sure. <laughs> Daniel has to walk away to deal with this. Oh, Where did you find this information? The high mind thing? Yeah, in the Hencyclopedia. Do you just have a list of... You do. You have a list of egg puns on your phone. That's why you're double-screening it. You filthy punning animal. Speaking of animals and chickens, what do you get when you cross a chicken with a Martian? I don't know. An egg-terrestrial. Oh my god, that's hard to say. An egg-terrestrial. An egg-terrestrial. Thank you. Oh my god, do you know what they were doing with the Mama Bezor? Excavating her. Okay, alright. Okay. Are you so done? anything X, basically. Any X can just become egg. It's true. What do you do when you make an egg laugh? You crack it up. Okay. Okay. Go ahead and open it. Oh, yes. 
I'm very happy for your puns. Yes. I don't think you guys oh, are. Oh, no, I do. They're I love so the good. puns. I, I like to think that someone's constantly. listening out there and cracking up. So don't anybody. stop. Don't stop. Don't stop punning. Yeah, egg sex is weird. And by egg sex, I mean chicken sex. It's really weird. Uh, I never thought about this or that anyone would ever talk to me about it. Yeah, I never thought so either. Well, because I was just like, eggs, how does how do eggs happen? I know hens just lay eggs. Lay eggs, yeah. Like one every other day, basically, no matter what. Wow, that's a lot. And, but in order to make, like, but they're not fertilized. Those well, are just like the eggs you eat. Yeah. yeah, that's how you get eggs to eat. Yes, I know that. But then I was like, but how do you get eggs that turn into chickens? Yeah, uh, rooster has to come along and just literally, like, goo sperm out of just a hole in their body. No, like, there's no apparati. They have no, like, genitals to speak of. Just in their cloaca exists sperm and they you shoot it into the, the other cloaca. ones. I don't know what that is. It's just the hole in the chicken. In that, which everything sorry, comes asked. out. Yeah, sorry, like, I asked. All man, like, every bodily fluid comes it's out of it. It's the one tube. Yeah. <laughs> so, eggs come out of it mm. poo uh, just that's yep there you go so there's that it's also a great word cloaca yeah. it is a great word and when once uh, the rooster does that then the eggs that come out after that are fertilized but only for a certain amount of time obviously so anyway that's how that works I didn't know how that worked but that's not what we're here to talk about we're here to talk about <laughs> well, we God. talked about so it that was that was unnecessary and you subjected us to that I mean I learned so I so what you're assuming to. then with all of this is that you're assuming that the bezoar is the same like it's doing the same thing or but you no, just no. thought I want to know how chickens have sex yeah okay alright <laughs> just wanted to be clear that's all that happened cool well, because, again, I was like, if there's nothing to, like, fling the sperm into the chicken, how does it happen? And they literally just line they their holes up. They have little Yikes. slingshots. Just boing. Right? Something. Yikes. No, they just line their holes up. And it just, it just goes out of the one. Oh. <laughs> just like... is, that the, is that the scientific terminology? Yeah, that's basically what it said. Yeah. I see your gear and raise you a... They just line their holes up and goo. <laughs> just... <laughs> Can we go back to egg puns? It was better when we were doing oh, egg puns. God. Yeah, you guys oh, appreciate my egg puns so in uh, hindsight. All right, so yes. did you in high school, because I dropped out pretty early, but did either of you do the egg baby thing? Never no. did the egg baby did you thing. We didn't even have the real baby thing. Okay. Well, like the fake did you? dolls. No, not at all. Okay. No, no home ec was, uh, you might have done it in home ec, but I would, I would venture to say no one did because you would have seen them in school and I yeah. just can't recall. Well, this was a special class called Teen Health. Was oh. it? Oh, in the show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, home ec like would be the one. Part of the sex education they had. I would imagine. See, we got we got sex ed in uh, in PE. But I've seen this in TV shows before. I feel like the egg thing is definitely something I've seen in pop really? culture, but not in reality. Yeah, not Justin Buffy, but I feel like. I wonder if our parents did it. That's it would have been thing. in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, I just I don't really understand how it's actually. Because the crying baby doll makes sense to me because it's got a computer that remembers how you treat it and it actively interrupts your life with, like, needs. But the egg baby, you put it in a container and you... Well, good thing I did some research about it. So we're going to talk about it. I mean, I would assume that the teacher would have, like, signed it. So you can't just, like, fuck off with it and then, you know, bring it to school and, like, care for it. With, like, a different egg every day and eat the baby every morning, you know? No one knows when this started, this, like, egg baby thing specifically. But there's a story uh, about the organization called Education for Parenting in the 1986 Philadelphia Inquirer issue. As a nonprofit was using egg babies to teach kids responsibility and compassion. So these these egg baby things, and even the real baby things, uh, while they're, like, the real doll ones that we have, those are really expensive. That's mm-hmm. why a lot of schools don't do that. Uh, but they still are definitely a thing today. And this egg project is actually still done. Uh, but this these projects were not even really about sex education at all it was specifically focusing on what it would mean to be a teen parent and i think that is like really speaks to our culture as a whole like we're not focusing on it's just another way to scare people into abstinence and that's the only goal of these things really if you if you come down to it because like if you were teaching kids about safe sex and not about like you should think about your consequences and your consequences are pregnancy which is almost always going to fall to the woman anyway which is garbage and it's like so don't have sex because you will have a baby and it's like no, that's not the answer. The answer is let's teach people how to do things safely. But also living on a farm, it's like you would have seen people being born all the time, have 20 kids, but now we don't have as many yeah. kids. So it's, yeah. 
Yeah. So, so yeah, it's it's all, so, all mixed messages. Yeah, I think it's not definitely not the way to go. So I'm surprised they still do it. This this particular. I'm surprised they still do it. This yeah. seems to me a relic from like the 70s. The I, it's thing? crazy that it's 86. Yeah, and like the so this this one organization is still around in, in uh, Philadelphia, and they, they bring in actual babies sometimes too. Again, just to teach compassion, like this could be you. Don't you like make sure you don't do this because the baby's a real thing and like. They said that the kids respond well to the child, as if like they don't immediately go and stomp it to death. So it's good. So it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, it's like if I saw a baby, I'd be like, "This cool baby." I guess it's a cool baby. And then yeah, it's just a really weird thing. But I was really curious about like how do you how do you make this egg project like having a doll? Because the doll does seem more demanding. Like it does have mm-hmm. it cries in your face. It like mm-hmm. squirts water, does something right. Like it feels mm-hmm. a lot more like a child. Maybe the bees were lined up with Sunnydale High to basically do a really interactive version of the egg. That's baby. all this was. That's all it was. All and Buffy was. killed the. I mean, they spent what a, a lot great of money teaching on that. Aid. It was a great. And she destroyed. Destroyed it. But I found a little rubric that a teacher had used just as recently as 2015 for this egg baby project. And what he did for this kids is he did have them mark it and take photos of it mm-hmm. immediately. Like they drew whatever they wanted to on it, but it was like, that's the egg and you're, that's the one we're going to know for sure. Um, so I'm just going to read just the little rubric real quick. Yeah. For the next two weeks, you will care for and protect an egg baby and keep a journal where you can reflect on the impact of teen pregnancy on you and your family's lives. Your egg baby will be born on this day, so you will need to come to class prepared with a safe and comfortable box slash container to carry it in. Since your egg baby needs to breathe at all times, the container must not have a lid. You will bring your egg baby with you everywhere you go, except to PE class. Because your egg baby cannot be left unattended for any more than a few minutes at a time, you will have to find an egg sitter whenever you are unable to bring it with you. Please respect your teacher's class's rules. If your teacher teachers feel like the egg babies become distracting or disruptive, they may disallow your whole class from being, bringing in a babies, in which case you'll have to find an egg sitter for that period. So I thought that I was like, this is stupid to keep it in your fridge the whole time. Mm-hmm. But you're supposed, it's supposed to be within yeah. eyesight at all times. And if you cannot have it with an eyesight. But how do they prove that you do that though? Yeah. I mean, That's a good question. Yeah. Right. Because I would just leave that in my locker or and the then fridge. be like, yeah, Fine. I had it the whole time. Yeah. Yes. But what was interesting is I was reading a little like reports from his, his kids and stuff and they fucked it up like immediately. Like uh, broke it. They like, <laughs> they left it somewhere. Somebody like sat on it. Somebody ate it. Like they, they, they forget about it instantly. So it's interesting that in the, the journal, like they has prompts every week for like, think about how, if, uh, if you had a child, how your parents would react. Think about like what gender you would want your child to be and what that says about you and blah, blah, blah. And like all these things. So again, it's just like, you're not focusing on what we should be focusing on, which is protecting kids from STDs and from getting pregnant in the first place via contraception and safe sex. I just thought this was like an idea that had always existed. But why? Why would it exist? Yeah. It would only exist as an abstinence-only type of mm-hmm. scare tactic. And it seems right? really easy to thwart. I mean, otherwise, there doesn't really seem to be a point to it. Because you're not actually learning no. how to be a parent by carrying an egg around. Yeah, I mean, if you follow the rules, it like it could be annoying. But you can sit, unlike a human or even a pet, you can just sit it on a table and literally not acknowledge it forever. Yeah, and it'd be fine. Yeah, and you would go home, and like the hardest part would be at school. But then I'm sure teachers would be like, "I'll be a designated egg sitter," and then every kid would just be like, "All right, here, Miss Thomas, yeah. watch my egg as I go to PE." Yeah, or and then when I go egg. home, set it on the table. Put a note says, "Don't fuck with this egg." <laughs> you know, my eggs are in the fucking fridge for in the morning, mom. Yeah, not the this egg has one. A face, don't eat it. Exactly. And then you pick it up, and you're like, "When does this project end?" Jesus Christ. As far as punishments go, this is fairly abstract. No, it's your baby. Anybody learn anything? I learned a couple things from this episode. Did you learn anything? Did you learn how to take care of an egg baby? So I learned two things. One is it's dangerous to sleep near eggs. For sure. And then the other one is that you shouldn't have sex in a car if it's parked at the top of a hill. Right. Only bottom of hills or flat lands. Especially if it's a stick shift. I mean, yeah. probably okay. If you have it at parking, you're not. Automatic parking. You'll be fine. I mean, if you park your stick shift in gear, only a, a jackass parks their stick shift in neutral. This will be a this will be a high schooler's mistake. Yeah, for sure. They know how to work a car. Come on. S-E-X. Sex. I learned always look twice before taking a bite. Because Xander almost had a disastrous Ooh. mouth situation with that. How do you bezoar. even fuck that up? It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but just not looking and going because he's a monster who eats Twinkies out loose Twinkies out of backpacks. And we know that's what that. No, this is fine. It's just like the Twinkie, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I also learned that peer pressure is strong, but you can be stronger. 
Just because all your friends are possessed by an undulating, egg-producing, hive-mind brain thing doesn't mean you have to be. Forge your own path. All right, let's yell at each other. Are you ready, Daniel? You got something to, to yell about? I do. My favorite thing right off the bat, because we talked about Joyce, which I'm really happy we did. I didn't think we were going to. Yeah, that was great. That was fantastic. Uh, Joyce pretending to work. Quote, the stores are closing and I still need to order the flyers for the opening. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cute that Joyce is still pretending like she has a gallery and like well, this is a thing. Yeah, I mentioned that when we were watching it. I'm like the opening of her gallery that she's been working at for a year. That's what I'm saying. Or does she That's mean the opening of an exhibit because she should have specified? <laughs> she doesn't know how to specify because she doesn't know how to define her job. Also, I thought it was interesting that all the stores were closing, but the food court was just going to be open indefinitely. Yeah. Well, duh. And she bought all the food and just like sat down and like huffing and puffing waiting for Buffy like who does that who even buys two things at a food court I, I would buy my own and be like here Buffy here's five bucks go buy your fucking shit and come sit down with me that's the joy of the food court is you can get whatever you want or you sure. sit and wait at the table for your party to show up and then you go get your food where it's is this mall weird. I feel like we like other than the Sunnydale the mall co- where we only visit it this episode and then uh, Innocence in a minute, like a couple Kelly, of Kelly, we're expanding the universe. We see the mall this episode. We see the port. There's a mall. There's the dock next episode. Sunnydale's got a lot going for it. It's, it's expanding. It's big enough to have a dock and it's big enough to have a mall. And a university. It. Kelly, get it together. You're the only one doubting this. You boiled your young? <laughs> Ooh, pay phones and gigapets. What a wonderful oh, 90s yeah. episode. Yeah, that was really nice. Did she say gigapet? She, she did. Does. I killed my gigapet. Yep. Oh, yeah. My gigapet I gave him it. some money. And then I was like, no, Buffy, you wouldn't kill a gigapet by sitting on it. The redneck vampires in Sunnydale. Lyle Gort. <laughs> Correct. So <laughs> I was immediately just appalled because I forgot they existed. And then I thought they mentioned something about um, a Mexican village in 1886. So I had to figure out what was happening in 1886. So there was only two incidences that could possibly qualify in these Texas Rangers would be possibly associated with. So these were both in the Geronimo War. Geronimo was a famous Apache. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there was the raid on Bear Valley where Apaches attacked settlements in southern Arizona. Or there was the Crawford Affair where Crawford, who was he was a white American, had a band of Apaches who were not aligned with the other Apaches, because there's tons of Apache bands, uh, went and they were all murdered by the Mexican military. And it almost started another war in Mexico. Both of those were in 1886. Those were the only two major incidences. So I don't know if the... Gorch? Gorch brothers. (laughs) Oh, Gorch is worse. (laughs) Gooch brothers, who knows, uh, were involved with either one of those. But I thought, like, that's... A little lazy because yeah. both of those are unknown to history really yeah. ew to Buffy and Angel scene when Buffy says when I look into the future all I see is you oof oh I just yeah Angel Buffy Barf Fest all I see is you good good call yeah I that too I was like no Oh, Shanice, is that your real hair I had that one written <gasps> down yeah that was awful I've never noticed that line before Cordelia you cannot what am I ashamed of okay soliloquy girl I just wanted to ask about your egg so furthermore, why? If they had to make Cordelia make any sort of just like ridiculous comment as she walks away, why that comment? Why couldn't it have been literally anything else? Like there's that scene where she does the same thing. She walks away and she's like, oh, is that my dress? Mine's an original. So yours must be some sort of cheap knockoff. And it could have been something like that. Yeah. But why? I, I think that they think Why double down on the racism? I think Joss? they want it to be like uh, an equal opportunity. Like they, they think like Cordelia's getting everyone. She's got the Jews. She's got it. You know, it's like every single thing has been talked about by Cordelia. Is it supposed to be that she's so hip? She like I understand extensions, and I know that. Well, and she would be so twenty seventeen. I mean, the hip hipster racism. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. Cordelia is fine in this world. Twenty years, girl, you got it. You're good. Cordelia has dreams. I mean, you are now a magical entity, but you know, if you weren't, uh, knocking people unconscious is so dangerous, and we do it so much in the show. You can't. Like, you can really kill someone. With the force, I feel like you have to strike somebody to knock them unconscious. You're playing a very dangerous game. You, Angel, Big Smoochies, shut up. <laughs> I think when you go from talking about Smoochies to talking about fucking, there's a disconnect there. Yeah. And the show really struggles with the disconnect because we're going from... In a, like, from 
surprise to innocence, right? I wrote, Angel is really ready to have sex with a girl who's grounded and has stuffed animals in her bedroom. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the only scenes of him in this episode are actually them making out. Yeah, he wasn't in it at all. That's hilarious. Gross. Yeah. Yeah, he's totally into it. Uh, It's actually one cool moment of the gorgeous, gorgeous Texan vampire gooches. That scene of... Is it Tector? Damn, I'm every time. Tector's face, right? And he's looking down at the Beezor. It's such a cool shot. Um, I wanted to bring attention to it because this is a real big turning point of the show of how far they've come with that vampire makeup, even just in this short amount of time. Like, uh, if you look at Luke, God, especially in the first episode. Skywalker right now, it's crazy. <laughs> Uh, the, the makeup is so stiff that they can't even really speak correctly and his face is beautiful when he's looking to like and they actually use that in the opening credits in this season or the next season I think actually for a while is that shot of him because like the eyes perfect the makeup's blended perfectly like you could like that prosthetic no is your mustache really, yeah that's Key. essential for sure so there we go that's a great takeaway from this episode that the makeup is getting better vampire and even uh, his brother Lyle still looks really good too and all of his speaking parts there's no real inflection I think the accent helps cover up a little bit of that and that might be why they, they choose to do that kind of stuff but I think it looks great and Spikes has struggled Angels has struggled we've arrived that's all I want to say vampire makeup so you didn't better. think it was weird that they had to keep a low profile by sleeping in a, st- a sewer and admonishing Angel for not having quote a code and that there are no decent whores in the city limits. That was not a problem. <laughs> not a not a thing for you. Listen. Also, that it's canon. Also, that it's canon. That vampires um, cannot work for the telephone company or volunteer at the Red Cross. That was all cool <laughs> with you. It's all fine. Because the Gorch brothers. I'm just, not saying oh, Gorch. Good Luke people. and Trillum. You know, Great. they grew up in a different time. <laughs> Lyle and Tector. Remember their names. R.I.P. Tector. R.I.P. What's up with the? Oh, sorry, Kelly. Just no, no, you're good. Right on. What's up with the? Uh, in loving memory tombstone. This this goes back to the amazing like dad tombstone. <laughs> like in loving memory, they're just making out over all of the obscure yeah, non graves. Like, really, we from yeah, the we making pan out pan over to yeah. it. In loving memory, it, yeah. literally nothing else. <laughs> Same with dad. Like, I mean, okay, so it's amazing. the darker take on that is that this is Sunnydale. People die all the time, and not everybody is a loved one. Not everybody is like somebody. Maybe they don't know this person's name. They just died anonymously. Listen, if people are dying anonymously. a giant anonymous grave somewhere in Sunnydale. Holy shit. So we have a mass graves in Sunnydale. We have, like, um, you know, the unknown soldier in, mm-hmm. you know, Washington, D.C. So we have, like, the unknown Sunnydale civilian. <laughs> and we just bury them. <laughs> In loving, yes. in loving memory. Who does? That's the cemetery. The census is like fuck to. it. Forty percent. Yeah, we know forty percent of Sunnydale. The rest of them are unknown. Yep, that's right. We don't even come to Sunnydale. That's right. But yet they have a university. They have a dock. They've got a, a thriving social nightclub scene. And a mall. After they knocked um, Buffy and Xander out, and then continued on their way, the crowd just like. Where did they go to get those shovels? Like the groundskeeper shed? Yeah, I don't know. And there was so many shovels? a lot of equipment. A lot of equipment. How? I don't know. Also, I I didn't bring this up before, but like Xander was smart for boiling his egg. Giles was dumb in this episode for putting the book away and there was an egg back there. How the (laughs) fuck did that egg get there? (laughs) Someone put that egg there. Clearly. Who though? Someone else who was already... Who? Neuroclamp. Someone... Yeah. Uh, no, I can't. I'm not gonna do that. That's not. That's not okay. No. What are you, world traveler now? Bad <laughs> writing. Bad Buffy. storytelling. Bad. Bad. Because I assumed that it could only have been like the professor. Like again, like part of the thing, or the first one who is like trying to spread the seed oh, of this be. weird thing. Yeah. Put it behind the one shelf that Giles was gonna do stuff in. <laughs> I mean, I think that's irrelevant. The point is, you get the idea that oh, the egg is coming for Giles. It doesn't matter where it was. This is not the show that's that the I only care one. For that. There could be multiple ones. In the line I don't watch the show for for that level. I want nuance. I don't oh, right. want to just be told. You're watching the wrong show. Oh, I know I am, and that's what. And that's the disconnect between '98. Oh, for sure. In 2018. In 2018. Yeah. That is the disconnect, and it's tough. It's it, those moments are the hardest for me because. They don't even try. They don't even try to explain. Uh, the only thing I had to say was that, like every other episode, it's a gas leak episode, man. <laughs> gas leak. Same season. thing with Ted. Hey, I scrapped him for parts. We're just going to pretend like none of this ever happened. Cool. We got to the next episode. 
hey, it's a gas leak. None of this ever happened. Cool. Buffy's really turning out to be really great this season. <laughs> Definitely not writing episodes for the sake of filling time. Well, there was that gas leak last year. Oh, don't blame it all on a gas leak year. It's not like 22 episodes is unwieldy, and, you know, people do it all the time these days. <laughs> God. I'm glad we stopped doing that. Okay. Everyone's got their yelling out. <sighs> Let's rank this sucker. Willow Hacks. We talk about the net. Gets a five. There's not a computer mentioned, used, insight in this episode. Joyce. One. She gets a one and not a zero. Because, wow, street walker, street walker, she's grounded. She's just basically the, uh, stationed a great job outlining on what yeah. Joyce is the worst in this episode. However. But she did humanize her, so it's rough to give her a one, right? I'm but she did that before. Joyce somehow. Constantly, though, humanizing Joyce and really, t- like, Driving we are home. having a hard time with it. <laughs> the reality like, of being the mother of the Slayer. I don't know. Like, if, you need an egg baby, I think, from this episode until the next. You need to have an egg baby. Egg baby, so that you can know the, the can burden, know the burden, the burden that is to be Joyce. Yeah, uh, I did give her one point because she did touch Buffy's head briefly for um, just see if she was sick, and she gave her toast. She tried to give her toast. She tried to feed her her child. So she gets a one <laughs> instead of zero. That's bullshit. Giles, really Giles. To Joyce. Even though I'm constantly making arguments, like she was That's drugged bullshit, the whole right? time. That's How bullshit. can you blame her? That's true. And then I'm like, but she should get a zero. Too. Right? They're both one to you. One is like. She was drugged the whole time. She shouldn't be held accountable. One, because she's terrible. Because she's drugged and all that. And then one, because she literally touched her child's head and provided her a piece of bread that she put in a toaster that she probably intended for herself. But she saw the camera on and was like, that's for you, Buffy. I love you. My daughter. That's my daughter. I provide her shelter and clothing. That's a straight zero for me. Nope. Gets one. Giles, level Giles. Seven. He has corduroy, and there's a the sweet moment about the something I put kiosk. That can't be right. Kiosk. Mm. Yeah. Know. Oh, about kids. <laughs> Notes can be really cryptic. <laughs> yeah. I wrote, and maybe this was a quote, and I just didn't put the quote marks around it, but I said about kiosks. What did I say? <laughs> In this episode, I wrote, "What are diapers in theory?" Is that a quote from the episode? Ooh. <laughs> or just amusing about? <laughs> I had three Uggs in this one. I was like, I can't even pinpoint what this Ugg was about. <laughs> this one's bolded. Why? I don't know. I would imagine that they might have been while they're talking about what they need to provide for the kid. Yeah, probably in a banter right when it started. But usually I write like quotes around it so I know someone was speaking versus my thoughts and there are no quotes. I just wrote, what are diapers in theory? Well, stay tuned for next week. We're going to be coming back with diapers in theory. Yeah. Diapers. Supplemental. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he says the thing about the kids, even though he's, like, actively being controlled by the bees at that point, where he's like, I think of the children at the school as my, my kids, you know, mm. it's my children. Which is kind of scary. But then also creepy. Yeah, because that That's why I only got seven and then a ten. But I think anytime, like, you love him getting knocked out, I feel like whenever he's controlled by the supernatural being of the moment, it's also... Pretty like, drowsy. It's real drowsy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Big Bad 6. Uh, I did like the Gorges. Uh, but the, I'm sorry. That not is, the they're bad. not even considered at all the big bad. They I know. have nothing to do but with this the world. The monsters of the big bad slash monsters of the week. It's not the actual big bad. The big bad of the season. But it's is not Angel. the monster of the week either. It the monster of, of the week is the. They Bezor. show up and they don't show up again. So. Yeah, no. Well, Tector doesn't because he dies. But again, does that make him the monster of the week now? Those were two RIP. people that showed up. And the argument I made about the makeup being having advanced for the like, it's fine. That has nothing to do with the, the bees. Were garbage, so there's no motivation. We don't understand it. It's garbage. But Six. hive mind. That's the first time we see this in Buffy, and possibly the last relationship goodness right, and badness. Until that one episode. That's yeah. you guys are gonna die when you see how high I ranked this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, relationship goodness and badness gets a four. Xander and Cordy have a sh- really shitty relationship, and that scene in the ca- closet makes me really upset. Uh, Willow is just kind of there in this episode. I think that they're, uh, they're same with Giles, just kind of there, and Buffy and Angel is gross. So yeah, I think their relationship Buffy is just and Angel so generic. are stronger than ever. Hey, maybe you can have Angel help you find the gorgeous. It's, Fuck that! that. Is true. That's gross, <laughs> and I think that everything with Cordy and Xander is just. So generic, generic nineties. Like I just hate that conversation hate in the closet so much because Xander's like, "Shut the fuck up, women shouldn't talk because you're just garbage." Blah, and she's like, "You're a hideous monster. I have to turn the lights off." Blah. So it's just yeah, it's just shitty. Really dumb. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're dumb. Totally. They're idiots. Episode specific: superfluous cowboy vampires are superfluous to ten. Oh, 
28. Okay, you can't judge them twice. If they're the monster of the week, (laughs) you can't also make them your special extra. You have to pick something else. I can do what I want. It's my show. I believe the subtext here is rapidly becoming a text. What's your your ranking? So 28 overall, which puts this tied for last with Ted. (laughs) But I think I'm going to give Bad Eggs the last. Oh, you know what? Actually, look at this now. I think Ted's last for me. Little lady. Yeah, Ted's last. Okay, so we got, got Bad Eggs number 11. Okay. Bad eggs well, eggs. okay, so I have to get caught up because I missed two. Well, it's oh, yeah, you go by season 11. Finish ranking right? them. All right, so what's my line Sisha, part two? everyone's waiting. Yeah, they want to know your What's your my rankings. line part two? I'm putting it at 11 overall out of 24 so far. One below the dire cage and one above. What's my line part one? Appropriate. Okay. Smack dab in the middle of my rankings. All right, Ted. Number one. <laughs> Clearly. Putting it... At 22 out of 24. Damn, what's below that? Above some assembly required in the pack. Oh, yeah, the pack. Uh, below the puppet show, which, and I wrote about you, Jane. Okay. All right. Okay. And then for bad eggs, I'm putting it at 15 out of 24. Damn, that's high. It's right in the middle. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, Damn, pretty much right in the middle. Above the pack, some assembly required. Ted, the puppet show, which, I wrote about you, Jane. Reptile boy, never kill a boy on the first day, <laughs> teacher's pet, and then bad eggs. I mean, right the, below, the out teacher's of mind, pet, out of bad sight, and then lie to me. I mean, Honestly, I, I kind of wanted to put it above What's My Line Part 2, so there we go. Oh, no. Damn. All right. Well, that was worth the wait, because holy shit. <laughs> so I got out of 137. That's right. So 137 is reserved, and I was going to say <laughs> that number, this would be 136 easily. But... But I th- I My thought I'm gonna save excellent one. Excellent pun jokes kept it a little bit higher. That's true. It's they were excellent. <laughs> Wonderful. I don't have any other. <laughs> you were gonna sunny put it last. Side. I don't know. <laughs> trying to think of all the <gasps> sunny of... side where they live. No, that's not really a pun. It's just more. It's just they live on the sunny side. <laughs> the sunny inactive. side of Sunnydale. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> So that right there is the reason why it's not 136, because I have to believe that there is a worse episode. How many is that out episode. of? 137. 137. Wow. So wow. 137 so is reserved. So you want to put it second to last. No, I was going to, but it's third from last, oh. because I know what 137 is going to be. I thought that I would be charmed by this. and this, Like, Ted was terrible. We have mixed opinions, like we have mixed opinions on this one. Ted was not as absolutely horrible. Even though I ranked it really low, I actually enjoyed watching it. This one, I fucking hated i fucking hated the exact all the way through yeah which i love it's great it's so much fun so 135 is where it's going out of 137 Damn, man all this right. is a still fucking a commitment, I feel like. garbage episode no no no. Low. i've made my case there are I've so made many my episodes case. i hate more than bad even eggs. in this season like we gotta i feel mildly positive uh believe eggs. me the rest of them are making it don't you worry you know the beer bads killed by death they're the fish boy Oh, yeah, go fish. Go fish. I mean, yeah, oh, I'm sliding them out. We're good. <laughs> we got that deep 130 love for season two. But, you know, I just didn't want to make a mistake and put this one as like, I didn't want to pretend that I even liked it. So. The problem with bad eggs is the problem that we have in a lot of Buffy episodes. The problem with like lie to me is like this would have been a really cool idea. The idea of a hive mind yeah, enemy sure. is a really cool idea, but it was executed poorly. And I think only because... They didn't have the budget and slash the time. Like, even though they had extra episodes, they didn't have the time to flesh out this bad guy the way they needed to because it had to be shoved into one episode. Yeah. Which is the problem with Lie to Me. He would have been such a cool villain if we'd had the time to flesh him out as a character before we had to bring in all this melodrama, I'm dying with brain tumor thing. Jesus Christ, I just realized his name is Billy, too. Every fucking male character in this show is named William. Why is every male character in this show named William? Also the little Billy from Nightmares. Yeah, I know, from Nightmares. My name is William. I know. White people's names are William. Jesus you don't, Christ. I mean, you didn't know that? Why? That's all our that actual tweet first that names. that I saw that was like, if girls' nicknames were like boys' nicknames, <laughs> the full name for Betty would be Wedium. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, (laughs) (laughs) this bad eggs that's been and we did it. Thank God we don't ever have to watch that episode of TV again. Yeah, it says it right in the name. You know, sometimes people really just tell you who they are and you should listen. Bad eggs, 
it's not a good episode of TV. So or it's just they punched all day long. That's delightful right. episode. Lean into puns. it or lean away. Despite our discouraging size, please never stop punning. No, never, never stop. That goes for everybody. You can find us on Twitter at Beat Me Pod. Uh, if you, if you want to get, send us egg puns, send us puns. Let's do it. Send us all the puns. That's follow fun. us. Just follow or us. Or just follow us. That's fine too. Follow uh, us Tumblr, first. Beat Me Pod. We got a website, beatmepod.wordpress.com. We also have a Spotify playlist. If you're into that, that's will have all the songs from every episode that's been on the show so far that we've covered. Um, that's at least available on Spotify as well as songs that appear in our new segments. So that is Beat Me hyphen Fun Time Playlist for Podcast Fan Season 2. Thank you so, so much for listening. Uh, Please join us next week, where we're going to talk about episode 13 of season two, Surprise. Sasha, say goodbye. It's time for me to make my exit. Good job. Thank you. Daniel, say goodbye. See ya. Thank you. Goodbye. Victory fist. <laughs> oh, is that music? Yeah. From Breakfast Club. Right. Don't you forget, forget about, about me. me. Oh, the pad oh. for the leather polisher. Daniel, you only did half your job. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. June, stop trying to eat chemicals. Hey. No. Just put that on the table. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you noticed me. <laughs> <laughs>